0: Cash call, everybody. Uh, Dale Archdeegan, Brian Curtis, back for another week. Um, You know, we just can't stay away. There are are hours and hours and thousands of hours of uh, good and bad sales conversations going on out there, and we want to play some for you so that we can help you improve yours. By the way, public service announcement. In the chat, for those of you who are on here live with us right now, uh, the link to upload uh, any recordings that you have so that we can play them here on Cash Call, that's where the link is. Basically, you're going to get some amazing high-level professional coaching and feedback from people like Dale and Brian here, who have been doing this for years, done it ourselves for years, run teams, grown teams, inside agents, outside agents, and the whole nine. We've seen it all full Monty, if you want some of that experience and help in your business, then all you got to do is click the link and upload some calls, right, Brian, we'd be happy to shred them.
1: Absolutely, you know, and I love, you know, it's funny, Dale, you made made it sound pretty good. But the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, Dale, and I've listened, listened to thousands and thousands of phone calls. Sometimes I can't imagine the number of phone calls I've either participated in directly or listened to at this point in time. So you know, there's, there's a lot of great ways to get ahead, but one of the great things is, is leveraging other people's experience. Let us, let us leverage for you, so I hope that makes sense.
0: Yes, and you know what's crazy? I'm getting messages saying that chat is disabled. It's so frustrating, guys. I haven't figured out why chat keeps getting disabled. Um, somebody calls Zoom corporate and tell them that this is annoying. So I've just turned on, there's chat. Chat is enabled, please chat in. <laughs> Uh, and you know, once again, if you guys have any questions, please chat them in. Brian and I can address them live here. Um, Brian, I have a couple of calls for us to listen to today. And one of them, yes, thank you, Eric. It is probably in my settings, um, but I would like to blame Zoom instead. Zoom, uh, you get your support team uh, to help me fix, out, fix my settings. Uh, all right, and so uh, I have a couple of calls today. One of them, Brian, is from an ISA. And you know, there's a, a bit of a lack of discovery. There's definitely some missed opportunity here. And I want to talk about that because we do a lot of work with ISAs. We help people you know, hire, train, manage, and lead ISAs. And so you, what we'll hear here is a really skilled ISA, well-scripted, really skilled, nice person. But if you've ever sold real estate personally, you're going to hear lots of missed opportunities. And what I mean by that, is, well, maybe I should play it. Let me play it and then we'll yeah, talk with them. Yeah, let's play it. Okay, I'm gonna go over here and share my screen. Share here, share sound, okay. And uh, here we go. Give me a thumbs up when you can hear it, Brian.
2: Hi, Alexis, my name is Emily Vogel. I live in Chicago in the Hyde Park neighborhood. And I am interested in listing my vintage condo, and wondered how I might set up an appointment for uh, a consultation.
0: Now, I want to ask Brian, how, many, how much money would we pay to get more calls like that, right? Where it comes in and says, I'm a seller and I want to meet with one of your agents.
1: I tell you what, you know, I, I'd go back, I'd go back into work and, I mean, there'd be that, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't, but, but my point is, yeah, that's fabulous. I was just sitting there thinking, damn, I wish I'd some more of those phone calls for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, now this is one of our, one of the clients of our company. They're a, a big company out of Chicago. They, they have five or six ISAs. They've got 40 agents, right? Uh, they're, they have multiple offices um, and, or it's more than 40, it's like 200, 200 agents, something like that um but uh, the point is that you know they we they generate a ton of leads but they do a lot of marketing and so they do get stuff like this where they already know the brand they're coming in hot like this what i want you to listen to is listen for the lost uh, the way i listen to it and everybody listening is i listen to this call what happens next with this hot lead mm-hmm. as what are the questions i would need to ask in case things go sideways at that appointment in case I'm in a multiple, uh, I'm in a um, competitive situation to get that listing uh, in case this seller uh, is crazy about the amount of money that she wants or the value of her property, or uh, ultimately uh, makes the decision to go with some other agent or company for whatever reason. Those are the things I'm thinking as I'm having the conversation with this person. And let's listen for the missed opportunities to ask the questions we need to ask.
3: I'd be more than happy to get you in touch with one of my field specialists who can set up an appointment to meet with you and discuss selling your property and give you a market analysis to see what you can sell it for. Um,
0: this is also in 1.25 speed, everybody. Says. <laughs> she sounds a bit like Mickey Mouse, only because I'm doing it faster.
2: Well, what is okay. your address? 1621 Hold on. East Hyde Park Boulevard. And that zip code.
3: Six one five. Okay, I have sixteen twenty one East High Chicago six zero six one five. Is that correct?
2: Mm-hmm, that's correct. Okay,
3: perfect. And when are you looking to list your property? I'm
2: sorry. When are you hoping to list
3: your property? Um, soon.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As soon as soon as I can interview. I want to pause this right there. When are you looking to list your property? I don't like the technical language there. I'd rather hear something softer. Like, so when are you thinking you'd like to uh, start marketing your property for sale and and have buyers come through and take a look at it, right? I mean, What um, would you like to have your house on the market is normally the question that I ask. Or even Which have your house insane. on the market. Yeah. Yeah. But I would stay away from that word list, right? I'd stay away from that. When would you like to have your home on the market is definitely uh, better than list.
1: And let me ask you this real quick, Dale. So, you know, my initial thought here was I appreciate that she's going to do discovery, but I think I would have set the appointment already. Yeah. uh, When someone calls me and says, I want someone to come over and look at my house to get it on the market. My immediate question is always great when or great. I have time today or tomorrow or some sort of let's deal with that because i appreciate that she's obviously doing some discovery when would you like to have your house on that type of thing but don't miss the opportunity to set the appointment don't talk past the close
0: yeah agreed the only reason i didn't point that out is i was okay with her asking the address simply because it's another critical piece of info that i was okay with you know if you're not going to do what you just said if you're not going to go straight for that appointment then that's about the one other piece of critical info that in case we get disconnected, I would want to have, you know what I mean? Um, And so I was okay with it. And I'm okay with that, but now she's asking about when she she wants the property on the market. Hey, what's your address? Perfect. So, I mean- I I agree. I would set it and then go into this discovery stuff. Yep. Okay. Awesome.
2: So I can interview a couple of realtors and uh, make a decision there. I'll be ready to go.
0: Absolutely.
3: it's definitely important. You want to see what's out there. Um, I definitely understand. And are you looking to purchase a home after
2: this as well? I am going to be relocating and um,
0: I have. Now I think you and I would probably take that opening. Remember I said I was listening for how could this go wrong? How could I not get this listing? How could Mm -hmm. I not, you know, how could the seller not hire me? And we just heard one of those is she wants to interview other agents. I don't know about you, Brian, but I probably would have taken that opportunity to find out if she's already interviewed agents, if she has one in mind that she was planning on using, and if she has an idea of what she's looking for in a listing agent or in the company that she chooses. Right? I'd want to get some more of that information.
1: Absolutely. You know, and that's a great opportunity because she's clearly, you know, the, one of the things great about this caller is they're, they're just like, listen, we're, we're to a point kind of people. You, you're not having to sell them on anything. You may in person, when you get there, I have to sell them on working with your specific company. But man, this, this is uh, as easy as it gets, from what I can tell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so my point about this is she's an ISA, and doesn't think about the ways that the agent, the listing agent who goes out there could potentially lose this piece of business. That whole interview other agents just kind of went right over her head, right? Didn't even register on the scale for her because she's an ISA. I
2: have a a cousin who's a realtor in the city I'm I'm moving to, so she'll be helping me out. Oh,
0: that's
3: very exciting. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I had that information. All right. Well, when would be a good day for you to meet?
2: I would love to meet somebody on Saturday if that's a possibility.
3: Yeah, sure. What time would work for you? About 1
2: o'clock.
3: All right, Saturday at 1 p.m. All right, Emily, I will go ahead and get with my field specialist to see if Saturday would work for them. That should be no problem since it it is a good notice. And then I will confirm with you. Is this a good number for you? 847 492 7347?
2: Let
0: me give you that one plus my cell phone number. And there, I would say procedurally, when you're talking to a lead, Especially when you set an appointment, just ask, what's your cell number? What's your? I don't care what number I'm, you're calling from or I have right now. What's your cell number? Just ask her that, right? Go straight forward, especially because we've set the appointment.
1: Yeah, it's simple that way. You know, a lot of times, what's the best number to call? It? You know, just I like that. We want, we want people's cell phone number. It's 2022. First of all, 99% of people don't have a landline. And if they <laughs> do, they probably didn't call
0: you on it. It's possible. Don't get me wrong, but it's pretty yeah. rare. Yeah. So. It, like my wife, who still uses the paper planner. I, you know, I, she doesn't. use <laughs> What's that? A lot of people seem to like those. It's, they
1: don't work for me, but a lot of people seem to like them. So
0: don't defend her. She does watch this sometimes. Uh, Brian. All right. She well, get away from the paper planner. All right. Car- I'm using electronic planner. Yes.
2: <laughs> this this number, this 847 number is good during the day. My cell phone number is 773
3: seven seven three 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 zero seven
2: eight. right I would if it's possible to specify somebody who's familiar with Hyde Park oh
3: yeah it's, absolutely. A, it's a
2: real special neighborhood yeah and, absolutely
3: I'm uh, gonna get somebody who specializes in your area for you so they know what they're talking about <laughs> great great all right um I mean, if one
2: o'clock if one o'clock doesn't work uh anytime Saturday afternoon would be great
3: all right, perfect. I will go ahead and get that taken care of for you. And then I'll reach out to you just to confirm. Do you have any questions for me?
2: I don't think so. Um-
0: OK, so I, I just, you know, there's so many missed opportunities there. If I'm the listing agent, if I was talking to that person and I'm going to be the listing agent who goes on site, as I pointed out, there's all kinds of stuff that I want to know, right? Who am I competing against? What experience or knowledge does the lead already have about this process? What's the lead looking for specifically? She specifically requested a a specialist for Hyde Park, right? Have you worked with anyone who is a specialist in Hyde Park before? I just want to know this information, right? Uh, Are the other agents, uh, have you booked appointments with other agents so far? And are they specialists in Hyde Park too? I want to get this lead to reveal some of the points that I may have to sell around, right? Because who knows if she might be like, oh, yeah, I got uh, Dan, the Hyde Park man. Uh, I I called him just before you and he's coming over also. Right. And but I need to make sure I check the boxes. So I'm going to let you come to my house anyway, even though I think I should list with that guy because he's Dan, the Hyde Park man. You know what I mean? Um, I want to know those things before I walk into this appointment. But those are the kind of nuances that go into selling, Brian, and being able to overcome objections and, you know, uh, moderate your pitch and be able to change your value propositions that an isa isn't getting for you Um, and so what you do is you sit down with your isa and you say hey let's play a little game here let's play how many ways can this appointment go wrong and i don't get that listing and don't get a commission check isa let me explain them to you and now what questions would you ask me to fix that
1: well and i'm going to throw something out there and i have no idea i don't know this team you may or may not know the answer to this the question But to me, this is one of the reasons that we incentivize ISAs on closings. Yes. We want them to want the closing, not the appointment or just the, I I did my job. Um, You know, a lot of people will pay for appointments, but they won't pay a commission on the back end. And, you know, check with your state. I'm not trying to break any laws, but theoretically, if I can pay a commission on the back end, the person's significantly more vested in us both having success. So here's another question, and I don't know why more agents, actually, I think I do, and I think I'll explain why I think more agents don't ask this question. Do you have an idea what you'd like to list the house for or sell, don't use list, what you'd like to sell the house for? And yeah. here's the thing, I've heard agents
2: asked. tell me all the
1: time, well, I, I don't want to say that because you know a lot of times people get snippy at me. Here's the reality. If you ask that question, sometimes somewhere between 30 and 40% of the time, they'll give you the number. And here's the great thing about it. Like imagine going into a, a listing, a house is worth 300 and the seller tells you they want four. Well, I know the main thing I'm worried about walking into this listing is not my marketing. It's having a conversation about price because they're unrealistic. Well, my neighbor sold his house for, you know, 20 million over he listed it for. Okay. But, you know, when did they do that? A year ago. Okay. Things are different now. So, you know, it's really important to gather that kind of information as much as you can before you go yeah. in, because you're going to get smacked when you walk into that
0: listing appointment oh, yeah. and find out they want 20% more than the house is worth for the house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, so I'll give, I'll give everybody here just a little script for that, right? When you're asking that question, there's a way to cover both bases, right? Which might be great, Brian. And so do you have an idea of what you want to sell your home for, or are you looking for a recommendation of what it should sell for? That's it. It covers both bases. Because sometimes if I just said, hey, Brian, how much do you want for your home? Or how much do you want to sell your home for? Some people might say, I don't know, you're the professional, you need to give me advice, right? And you lose credibility there. Or if I just said, hey, Brian, um, are you looking for, I can, I can tell you how much your property should sell for the market. And you say, Dale, I know how much I'm selling my house for. I'm either going to get this number or I'm not selling. Again, you lose credibility and you're in opposition with these people. So if you use a question that covers both bases, which is, Brian, do you know how much you want to sell the home for, or are you looking for a recommendation of what it should sell for in the market that covers both ends of those and you can maintain your credibility and not and not become in opposition with these people yet yeah, anyway?
1: So um, let me go back to the exact script that I use. And by the way, I don't disagree with Dale. It's interesting. I hadn't heard that perspective before, but I would say, do you have an idea what you're looking to get for your house? Or do you have an idea? And the reason, and people, and I would get the objection that you get, or I don't know if it's a, really an objection. Well, that's what I'm hiring you for. Or I don't know. I want not look for your opinion. And so right. I got that a lot, but I yeah. don't know that it felt like a credibility issue because somebody said, that, I would say, perfect. That's one of the things we're doing. I'm just seeing if you had something in mind. So yeah. I'm not, you know, and so, but your, your way's definitely an interesting way. The only opposition, if I was going to have one is I'm giving them the choice not to give it to me. And not that I always um, got it anyway, but are you looking for this or this? Well, yeah, I'm looking for this over here. Well, yeah. crap, you know, so, and I don't know, I haven't field tested that. So I have no idea, but, you know, definitely a, a script that, that would come across in a very pleasant manner. And, and again, definitely wouldn't lose any credibility on it. So,
0: yeah. Um, you know, and and I have found that nine times out of 10, people will tell you how much they want to sell their house for. It's well, only your some of mine. the content.
1: <laughs> I said, then your script's better than mine. I wasn't getting anywhere close to that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, and I definitely do have, and we always run into those people who don't want to tell you a number. Um, and it's mm-hmm. simply because they, um, they feel like somehow you're going to manipulate the information by knowing that. Similar to those people who don't want to tell you how much they owe on their mortgage thinking that you're going to manipulate the numbers. Uh, and so usually we just explain how it works to them and that, you know, whatever number they come up with is completely irrelevant anyway, because the market's going to decide how much their house would sell for. And it has nothing to, I, has nothing to do with me. I just wanted to see if you had, if you had a make or break number that you were thinking of in your head.
1: Yeah. And I think it was a very re- a much more important question back in the short sale days, because you're trying to find out if you're going to short sell a house if you're you know, you, I go on. and I go yeah, I could go and get even if someone didn't tell me what they, their balance was, I could figure it out pretty close. I could yeah. be within, you know, three to four thousand dollars. And if I can look at it and you're 30,000 upside down, I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen here, but I think okay. it's really,
0: yeah, so yeah, dude, but, back in the short sale days, it was like, hey, Brian, uh, great, that's what you want for your house. Um, and so if I told you that it would sell for fifty thousand dollars less than you currently owe on it, do you have fifty thousand in cash that you could bring to the table? No, I'm sorry. I don't know if we can help you. That might be a short sale issue here, my friend. That's going to take you six months or three months, depending on which point that, you know, through the, the four years of that, uh, we actually work together. Uh, okay. So I have another, go ahead, Brian. No, I was just laughing
1: because it is, it, we did, did feel, it did feel like you worked with your clients forever until you got paid back
0: then. Oh my okay. God. Remember, remember when short sales first happened and these banks couldn't find their ass with two hands? Uh, and they would like continue asking you for documents that you had already faxed to them eight times and a short, if you got a short sale through, it was like six months to get it done. Uh, and then by the end of it, you know, it was pretty quick, right? You could be like, no, you can get a, the short sale will happen. The bank knows how to, they've figured out how to do short sales and they can do it right. As long as it's within these parameters. Uh, let's see here. It was crazy. Um, I have another call here that we could play we've got like eight minutes left so unless we have any questions or hand raisers uh eric wrote anyone have good scripts for leaving a message that would actually compel a buyer to call back yeah eric stop leaving messages because they aren't going to call you back uh unless they are unless they know like and trust you or they're already working with you don't leave voicemails let's see um i have another call over here we can listen to real quick and this is going to demonstrate the difference between an isa and a limited knowledge and experience of an ISA. And we're gonna hear the strengths of a very knowledgeable local agent. And I wanna talk about what do we do? How do we, let's take this this advantage and how do we translate that to an ISA? So let's listen to this real quick. Uh,
2: good, thanks, how are you? Good, hey, I got your online inquiry on my website um, about the listing on Crest and Rim. And- just wanted to know what questions you had about the property. Well-
0: and of course, Brian, we talk about this all the time. Don't invite questions. Instead, ask the guy if he'd like to go see the property. Okay? Book the appointment. Don't ask for something that you don't want to happen, which is people asking you questions that you can't answer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for the quick response.
1: Um, I guess, um, are there other ones available up there? It's been years since we've lived in Boise, but we're, you know, thinking about moving back and it looks like, um, that, that apartment's, I
0: mean, it looks like they've done some nice things to it. I guess it's been occupied for a while. Are there others available? You know, what the view is from the unit? I mean, it's a ground floor unit. I can't imagine. So this is an agent and I'm just going to tell everybody what happens. This agent knows the building. This agent knows the buildings around it. This agent knows this unit, okay? And so this agent is at a distinct uh, advantage to be able to answer a lot of the kind of questions that the guy has. Uh, if I'm an ISA, I don't know what building this is. I've never been in the building. I might not even reside in the United States, okay? Um, <laughs> so I'm not gonna know how to answer these things. So let's listen to what the agent did and then I'll talk about what to do as an ISA. I pretty too much of a view.
2: Right, I've actually been in those units several times, and um, they definitely do have lovely views, even even the first floor, um, but I'm not sure about other availability, but what I can do is I can reach out, um, I've spoken to the developers representative in the past, in the last two years, and so I can reach out and see if they have anything that may not be listed on the MLS.
0: So as an, as a ISA, I could say, Yeah, you know what, that is a really beautiful building and beautiful units. Let me check into it for you just to get updated information on what is available and what's not, and I'll definitely get back to you on it. Move on to my next discovery question. Uh, And so, you know, those are some ways that you can pivot around not knowing what the hell you're talking about. Obviously, if somebody's calling in about something, they're interested in it. If they're asking about what the view is, they want a great view, right? Hey, yeah, I know several of those units have great views in there. You never know which one is which. Let me check into it just to double check and make sure and get back to you on it. I have no idea what building there. T- I've never been to Boise, Idaho in my life. I-, I couldn't place it on a map, right? But I can say that anyway. Just go with... The You go with what you're hearing from the person. Obviously, they're inquiring because they're interested in it, right? Or they're trying to fact check something. If you can't explain those facts to them and you have no idea, just play it off, man. Listen, I'm going to tell you a secret, Brian. I don't watch sports. I'm not interested in sports. I never watched sports. I put myself through college by working in a sports bar. Do you know how many effing times I had to figure out how to get around a conversation that somebody wanted to have about sports? And I don't even, half the time, I didn't know which sport they were even talking about. Uh, Right? It's that kind of thing. Listen, don't reveal the bartender at the sports bar has no goddamn idea what you're talking about in sports, right? Fake it. So that's what I would say to the ISAs. Just fake it.
1: Yeah, let me. Uh, this is a. This is going to be a weird nuance thing that I'm about to point out, and it's switching the gear back to what this agent said. Um, why would you say that you've talked to him in the last couple of years? Yeah, I don't know. Not a great um, thing. Because I mean, I know the developer over there. We've worked together in the past. The past could have been yesterday, last week, last month, 10 years ago. But when you tell me that you because she did have great credibility, I believed everything that was coming out of her mouth until she said a couple of years ago. And I'm like, what? What do you mean a couple of years ago? What? You know, so you sound like you're not you sound like you're not up to
0: date when you say that.
1: Right. So again, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't lie. And if they asked me when's the last time you talked to them, I would tell them the truth. So never once am I going to suggest that you lie, but I'm also not going to call myself out and say mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I told the unit over there. No, I'm just to say hey, I've worked with a developer in the past. I'm very familiar with their process. And I just need to call and get an updated list of their availability. Uh, I'll call you back. And by the way, it's an appointment to call back. And obviously we didn't listen, listen to this whole thing. But I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't think about. Hey, when I get the information, information, information for you, I'll call you back. A. don't love that in general, except that sometimes it gives me a reason to call somebody back. And you know, this person is good because they're they're not a stater from what I heard at the beginning of the call. So you're probably going to have to build a long term relationship
0: with this person anyway, because you want to hear something crazy. The agent never asked. The agent didn't ask where they were. The agent didn't ask when they were coming to town. The agent didn't ask when they were going to come see properties. None of that stuff. And you want to hear something even crazier? I'm going to play Please. the. End of, I'm going to play the end of this. This is how it gets Please. left off. And notice, I told you all the questions that didn't get asked about whether they were in town, when they'd be here. But let's hear how she closes it out.
2: My name's Wendy. I'll Wendy, send you an email. Okay. Yeah, I'll send okay. you an email. Has all of my contact information and the number I'm calling you from is my direct number. So um, feel free if you remember something or if there's something you'd like to know, feel free to call her or, or message me.
0: I appreciate it. I look forward to hearing from you. That was it. There is no logical next step. There is no when we're going to talk again. There is no what's going to happen from here. And basically, she just says, this is my info. If you think of something, let me know. What was implied, because I listened to the whole thing, what was implied is that she was going to go and see if there were some other properties that might match some of the criteria that he was looking for, right? But there's no when we're going to talk again. There's no what we're going to talk about. There's no Uh, there was no even sort of closing him out to make sure that I'm the agent that they use, right? That I have access to everything for you. You don't need to reach out to, you don't need to call about the next property you see online. You should send it directly to me, right? And I have all the information for you. None of that stuff. And so my point there, Brian, is that agents, experienced agents, who know the area like the back of their hand and have sold a lot of property are oftentimes the ones who make the most mistakes when they're talking to somebody because it's too, they they know too much and they're too experienced and they don't lock these people down, right? They don't have good practices. They just sort of rest on their knowledge and their experience and hope that that's gonna carry them through rather than using really good sales best practices, right? well
1: and i'll say this guys 6 months ago there was a line of people standing out in front of your door going please sell me a house right. that that was true for most agents who had any sort of lead generation at all and i'm not even talking about paid you know you had sphere you had past clients you had you know whatever there was a line out your door the problem was not getting a new client the problem was once i got that new client competing against the 25 other people who had new clients yeah. for the same house so that, that's no longer the case. And you guys, button-up scripts is what I call what Dale was saying at the end. We make the assumption that people understand how real estate works. That's a really bad assumption. And I'm not sure why we ever think it was. Like, do you know how car dealerships work? Do you know how an engineering firm works? Do you, I mean, why on earth would we assume that people understand what we do when we get slapped in the face with ridiculous, stupid things all day long from our clients, and then we turn around and the most important thing of, like, Telling them how things work, we go. Oh, they must know that they didn't know any of this other stuff, but right. they must know that. And so, you know, I can't say this enough. Tell people, hey, by the way, we're licensed in the entire state of Idaho. If you guys see have any questions about any house, any place in the entire state of Idaho, give me a call, and I, and I will find out that information. I'll research and I'll get back. You know, something along those lines. And I, it really frustrates me how often people miss. You know, this is a something that. It happens to my team a couple times a year, and any team is anybody's doing a significant amount of business, it'll happen. They'll lose a house to a Fisbo, even if they have an agency agreement. And what are you going to do? Sue the guy? You know that's just it's right. just not worth it. So you know the the bad press of suing somebody for for breaking an agency agreement is just not worth it. I by the way, I'm still an advocate of doing it.
0: Most people keep their word, of but, course. Yeah, wait, but before, before you go there, that's an important point to make, Brian. Is that that when they sign their name if you're even though you're not going to chase them down they've made an agreement and a lot of people won't violate that agreement that they've made even though it's as thin as the paper it's written on yeah again
1: i had an agent ask me one time i said look if you got an issue with that you're going to have to leave my brokerage because we will not be suing anybody over over a commission It just won't happen i'm sorry so But it's really interesting that we don't tell them that. So, you know, once or twice a year, it'll happen. Hey, I lost this to to a FISBO. Well, did you explain to your client that if they saw for sale by owner, that they should immediately call you because you can negotiate for them on their behalf and it won't even cost you any money? Well, no, I didn't. Well, guess what? it's your fault. And, and, you know, I don't probably be that abrupt with it, but that's the truth of the matter. If we don't educate people, it's ignorant for us to believe that dude, and it's worse now than ever because everybody thinks that they understand everything everybody does because Facebook. right? right. So have a button up and and I I love Dale's version, next logical step, button up and say, great. I'm after I get all the information, I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to call you tomorrow at five o'clock. Will that work for you? No. Okay. What time will work for you tomorrow? Yeah. Three great, I'll call you three. You know, make sure that you're doing that. You know, it's kind of the same thing. When we show a house. My rule of showing a house is you write a write a contract. That's obviously the goal, or you set another appointment at the end of a phone call. Let's set an appointment, let's have some. And it doesn't mean in person, it can be a phone appointment, it can be a Zoom appointment, it can be just we're going to email back and forth. But we have to make sure people know that stuff, or otherwise, we're just going to let clients fly out the door.
0: Yeah, that's that's uh so true. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you learned something. If you did, comment on the Facebook Live that you did and check out the link where you can upload recordings that you have that you want us to listen to and give you some amazing feedback on. Uh, And until next week, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, everybody.